Welcome to the NSCHBC EDGE podcast, leading the way in the business of medicine. Now here's your host, Terry Fletcher. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the NSCHBC EDGE podcast. I'm your host, Terry Fletcher. The EDGE podcast is brought to you today by the National Society of Certified Healthcare Business Consultants. Our goal is to discuss healthy business principles, have conversations on the business side of medicine, so that you and your practice can thrive, be profitable, and successful for years to come. This week on the EDGE podcast, I welcome fellow NSCHBC member, Sandy Schechter. Sandy is a CPA and the Director of Solutions for Raymond, which is a professional advisory firm with offices in Michigan, Florida, and Ohio, but servicing clients nationally. This provides accounting, business solutions, and outsourcing, specializing, specialized consulting, and wealth management services. And Sandy is a member of Raymond's Healthcare Leadership Group. We welcome her to the podcast today. Thank you for being here, Sandy. Oh, thank you, Terry, for inviting me. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Well, we're really happy to have you because we've got so much going on in the, I don't want to just say the country, but we're seeing so many things that are affecting healthcare and physicians and their practices financially that I think this is a great topic. And listeners, what we're going to talk about today is really who should handle this for you. Should you have it in-house? Um, should you have a financial management team that consists of CPAs and bookkeepers and tax consultants, et cetera? And should you have it in-house or should you outsource it? So I'm going to start there um, with you, Sandy, where sometimes when a business, when a physician gets out of school and they try to make a decision, should I go on my own or should I go work for somebody else? And let's say they pick, I want to start my own practice. Do you think that a financial person should be their, one of their first hires and what should that be? Oh, absolutely. So just like when you are not feeling well, you want to go speak with a doctor, you want to go talk to the specialist, whether it's a dentist or a specialist, or you start with your general practitioner, it's really important that you hammer down first and foremost, your accounting needs, your, your financial um, business advisor becomes part of your team, because we like to consider ourselves um, your business partner. So that doesn't mean it's going to cost you a fortune that you know, you're starting out, you don't have a lot but make sure that 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 is one thing you don't want to skimp on. You want someone that you can trust, someone who can guide you, um, and someone who's going to walk you through the process. So when you say that, do you think that obviously it's going to be somebody who has experience in healthcare or medicine, correct? Yes, okay. absolutely. So should it be a CPA? Would you say a bookkeeper, um, you know, a tax consultant, an EA? Because the reason I'm asking is that in in my field, we always say, oh, front, the first person you got to look for is a receptionist or, you know, a front desk. Or And it's funny because as I was kind of thinking about this podcast, I thought, you know what, that you're, they need to figure out first their financials because I'm thinking they're going to possibly need loans for um, leasing equipment and a building and things like that. So what exactly. would you recommend where they start? Yeah, so exactly. I would say you start with the CPA because the CPA is that business person. That's that partner that's going to help guide you through all of those pieces. They're going to help you find um, whether it be, you know, a bookkeeper and that bookkeeper might be the, the, the owner of the business initially. Um, that bookkeeper might be the CPA, that bookkeeper might be someone that they hire, that bookkeeper might be the office manager, but the first piece you want is your CPA that's going to help develop the process and the framework. They're going to be able to be the one to bridge 
getting those loans, figuring out who's the best place, how, how it's best to finance and who are the best people to contact. They're the person that has experience over a wide breadth of practices that, I mean, ideally you're going to pick someone that has that experience so that they're, they've seen it all. They can kind of guide you. They're not walking through this the first time like you are. They're walking through it as an experienced person that can guide you. And when those curveballs come, they know exactly how to. I'm, I'm bad with my baseball metaphors, but catch catch it in the right spot in the mitt. <laughs> it's not too bad. <laughs> um, well, it's it's funny um, you were saying that because I have a cousin that's in healthcare. I have. Uh, a niece who just became a dentist. And a couple of the things that I've found that they're running into is the fact that they're, they have used traditionally family members who have accounting backgrounds, I'm air quoting, um, or, you know, somebody that they found through a friend, through a friend, through a friend who's a CPA. And it's caused a little problem. First of all, working with friends and working with family members can kind of be a conflict of interest. But what's your thoughts on that as far as going, you know, kind of outside the, the bonds of family, family and friends and really finding somebody who's a neutral party to to look at your stuff? Yeah. And it can go both ways, Terry. There can be a trusted advisor. Listen, when my um, my husband, when I first got married, um, wasn't in healthcare, but I was a CPA. I was actually an auditor at the time. Um, I could, I wouldn't know how to do his tax work. If my life depended on it, I wouldn't know how to be the right advisor for the company that he was in. And so me as a CPA, we hired a CPA to help him through that. So you want someone that you trust. You want someone that you're comfortable with. You want someone that you can fire. And sometimes you can't fire family members. So <laughs> That's a good point. I like that one. <laughs> and it's certainly, you know, you can certainly, um, have those relationships and help, you know, they can be part of the process, but I like having someone independent, someone that, you know, th that's been recommended to you, that has that experience, that understands the language. Listen, the tax work, someone will say to you, it's not that complicated. So that is correct. The compliance piece, the actual preparing a tax return for the person or for the business is not that complex. And don't let anyone tell you otherwise um, out there. But it's the knowing the language and knowing the idiosyncrasies in the medical profession. It's the business piece. It's not doing the compliance piece. Anyone can do the compliance piece. It's helping you run your business. And that's where you really want to make sure you have the right advisors and team to help you. Well, and you used a word that I, I wish I had within my business, actually. So I have a tax EA. So he basically has been doing my taxes for 30 years, my both my corporate the last 20 years and my my our personal. And but he doesn't give advice. And then I have a I guess it's a bookkeeping service that just does payroll and the taxes that go with that. And then my husband actually is my CFO. But as I'm thinking about this in this conversation, I'm not a medical practice, but I'm a, you know, a financial small business. It's interesting how many pieces that go into just what I do. So now I'm, you know, bringing it back to a physician's practice. And is, do they usually do that? Do they kind of outsource different parts of it and then focus on the CPA would actually be their financial advisor to help them move forward, not just, what's the word I'm looking for? Not just file forms for them? Right, exactly. The compliance piece is the word you're looking for, okay. that, that compliance end. So in a perfect world, my clients consider me their business partner. 
in a perfect world, they come to me first. I don't mind them texting me, you know, and I recognize typically physicians that, you know, and dentists, they all, um, they work hours during the daytime. So I meet with them either early in the morning or later in the evening. And I don't mind a text that says, Hey, I'm thinking about buying this piece of equipment. Can you help talk me through it? Can we can we talk through whether I should or shouldn't buy it or what this looks like in the cash flow piece? So in a perfect world, that's the relationship that I want to have. I, I I have I will even outsource myself. I'll, I'm using, you know, staff people in my office to actually prepare the tax return and to detail it. I might be looking at it from the very highest level picture of do things look right? I know what an ear, nose, and throat practice should look like. I know what a dermatology practice should look like. I know what an orthodontic practice to look, should look like. So I don't need to be in the details of those practices. I can step back and say, ha, huh, this, this needs a little tweaking. Let's, you're not benchmarking with your peers. Let me help you. Let me reach out to my colleagues. Let me reach out to the National Society of Certified Healthcare Business Consultants and see what I can look at for benchmark data for an ear, nose, and throat group for a veterinarian practice, for an orthodontic practice, so that I can help guide them on what should what should their financials look like? What should they be expecting to make after one year, three years, six years? What should their um, 401k look like? How do we develop that? You know, if you're a sole practitioner, you know, and you're just by yourself with one employee, you might pick this plan, but then let me help guide you into the next plan. Cause it's really hard for young physicians to think about when they're going to retire, but that's the first thing they need to be thinking about. They might not have the money right away to put away in that, but that's what we should be reaching toward. And that's what your advisor is going to help you. I love that. And, you know, I want to interject and I actually never do this during a podcast, but can you just say what your website is really quickly? Because I think we've got some listeners that heard that and went, okay, how do I get a hold of Sandy? <laughs> Raymond.com, R-E-H-M-A-N-N.com. Thank you. Because it's Thank funny you. how you, oh no, you, you said something that actually rang true with me is I can look at a claim form and know on a cardiology practice, if they coded it right or wrong, just at a first glance, same thing with gastro, same thing with, you know, different specialties, if they're doing things correctly and or not, or if they're miscapturing something. And it sounds like it's such a crosswalk to accounting, you know, numbers, we're both doing, dealing with numbers. But when you get that experience behind you and you've done it this as much as you have and as much as I have, um, it, it just gives some comfort, I think, to the client knowing that you're dealing with somebody who's been doing this and in your particular specialty for quite a while. And so we know what we're looking at. So I, I appreciate that insight. I think that's awesome. So moving on just a little bit, when I was talking about, you know, kind of branching out as far as, you know, what do they outsource, payroll, taxes, uh, bookkeeping, things like that. One thing I was wondering, and, you know, maybe um, this would be helpful to listeners. Let's say that you are, and you actually brought it up while I'm thinking of opening this practice. Do you advise when you're, let's say you're handling a, a pretty decent sized physician practice, maybe 10 physicians, and you're their corporate CPA, and now they're saying, I want to buy an ASC or I want to start an office-based lab. Do you now explain to them, is, is that part of what you do as far as should they make it a separate entity or keep it under an umbrella? Is, is that also something you help them with? Yes, absolutely. So um, when we look at it, we look at every, every I like to say we, we 
Again, we're business partners with them. So we're looking at every aspect. So it's not just their practice as an island, but then it's their personal. Then it's if they own the building that they're practicing in. Then it's if they want to buy a surgery center. We we help guide all of those things. And then the fine, you know, that that retirement planning and looking at what that looks like. And, and that's estate planning. That's, you know, okay, you know, maybe you have a child with special needs and we need to address that. Maybe you're going through a divorce. All of those things come into the whole package. So I hate to slice and dice anything. I think it's really important to look at the whole picture. Now, will we do just the practice? I have a, I have a handful of clients that I just work on their practice, but usually I like the whole relationship because it's, much easier for me to see the bigger picture when I understand everything that's going on. It's really hard to advise someone sometimes if you only know a piece of it. A piece of it, I agree. Now, a, qu a question, do you handle both the small individual physician versus the larger practices as well? Yes, I, we, we work on both because, you know, that small individual might grow into a larger client, they might buy another practice, but, um, I, you know, it just depends on what they're looking for. I have a small practice that's one one physician, but I also handle their personal um, daily bills. I do everything for them. I'm part of their wealth management team. I do. I kind of help them guide them through everything. So it really, um, it just depends on the client and how they value what we can bring to the table. I love that phrase, wealth management. I think that probably resonates with some of the providers as well. It's like, <laughs> I want to buy into that. Where's the wealth management for me? I'm loving that. Now, one of the things and kind of pivoting a little bit, um, some providers or and physicians coming right out of school, college and things like that, it, even though they would really like to start on their own, they end up either joining a healthcare uh, firm or like a Kaiser thing or private equity groups are, are always saying, you know, let us do this. Are, do you have insight or at least a way to guide um, your clients in that direction or or away from it either way and you, you talk them into what they need to do? Um, yeah, so we will we we've looked at agreements for them. We've looked at their their um, employment agreements, their the proposals they have, or if they have an existing practice that's looking to be bought out bought out by private equity, we certainly evaluate those for them. So yes, we look at the whole the whole picture on all of those. And you, you have to today. There's so many moving parts that there's not just one piece um, for any type of um, profession. And certainly in the medical field, it's the same. Yeah. And I've noticed that as well. Do you also handle if a provider is saying, you know, I think I want to sell or I, I'm getting ready to retire? You mentioned, you know, retirement and estate planning and things like that. Do you also handle it, to, you know, I don't want to say till the end, but when they're ready for that change? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's the that's the the beauty of, you know, a full a the beauty of Raymond is that we have all these services and that I have a bench of people that can help me. Do I do everything? Absolutely not. But we have a great team so that when I have someone that I need expertise on valuing their practice, I have a business valuation team that can help me value their practice. I might know on a brush surface what their practice should be worth, but then I have a team that can actually put a value on that practice, which you might need in the case of death or disability, we might need to value the practice for other reasons. So yes, we have a full team that can do that. Um, and it's, yeah, all you want, you want a provider that can kind of help you with everything. You don't want someone that's going to pitch and hold you. I'm not trying to sell anyone on using Raymond. I'm just trying to make sure you understand the importance of having a great team. 
Yeah. And, and I think you put it into good perspective. And as far as a partnership that, you know, you're looking out for their uh, complete interest on, on what they're doing moving forward and towards the, the end of, of their careers as well. So, Sandy, one of the things that I, I know this is probably silly, but I think about physicians that, um, you know, have been a, in, been doing things for, you know, a little bit of time and they just don't like to let go of control of a lot of their finances. And I don't blame them. I'm the same way. It's really not a fun thing to not feel like you're a part of it. But then again, like you said, you know, doctors work all day long, sometimes into the night. And I just don't see them doing what the average person does as far as waiting till the kids are asleep and, you know, the wife or spouse goes to bed and then basically sitting in their office going, okay, time to pay the electric, time to, you know, figure the things out. So in speaking to that, how can you ease the mind of some of the physicians out there that um, we, we know that, you know, you, you have this great company and again, not to just push your company, but just to, to push the idea to a physician to feel comfortable with the CPA, the partner, the, the financial advisor they choose and how to build that relationship. What's, what's your response to, to try and get them to, to have that trust. And I know it's hard right off the bat. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, you know, what I, tell clients often um, or, or prospects is, you know, they're so busy, right? And so sometimes, like you said, it might be the spouse paying the bills or the office manager. Um, and they're, and they're, they're trained to do X. And for them to be overseeing that is tiresome. So oftentimes it just gets lagged behind. And at the end of the year, the CPA is cleaning up the work or the CPA is figuring out what happened, might, might uncover um, something that didn't go well, or, you know, they, you know, the person, the office manager leaves in mid-year and then they're really stuck. So one of the things is you're hiring someone trusted. You're hiring someone that's insured. They have their own malpractice insured. Um, and I am now, I'm the one who gets to have restless nights to make sure I have the staff that can cover it, but that I take that burden away from them so that they can do what they do best. They can they can do a surgery, see patients, what whatever they're doing best, they can focus on that. And I can take the burden off of them for the piece of the, you know, paying the bills and those types of things. Cause that that to me, that they don't need to worry about that. And but they have to have that trusted relationship. So they have to develop that relationship. And sometimes that takes time. So you have to make sure you give yourself that opportunity. It does. And I think you brought up something that I do in my business as well. And I think this is one thing that's I, I maybe given me some credibility. It sounds like it's really given you, you know, um, helping you build those relationships, not to abuse it, but we do just like you do. We do allow our physicians, our providers, our clients, if it's necessary to contact us on off hours. You know, we're not just an, an eight to five organization. I mean, you can't be anymore. And how frustrating is is it for us when, you know, we work all kinds of hours just trying to get in either to a doctor or to another uh, business and they're like, we're closed. And so, uh, you know, I was talking to, what was I doing on Sunday? I don't remember, but we were doing something on a Mother's Day, I think. And uh, I got a text from a client and he was frantic about something and I had to really talk him down off a cliff. It wasn't as bad as he thought. And he's like, I could not have had the that, you know, the rest of my weekend, because I would have been in my head if you didn't talk me down. I'm just like, you are fine. We've got this handle. Don't worry about it, you know, as far as that. And it sounds like you're in the same boat where when you get clients, I mean, within reason, we don't want to say that, you know, contact <laughs> us every minute of, of you know, 24-7, but there are 
opportunities and when you're looking I would think that one of the big thing and this is to our listeners out there when you're building relationships especially in the financial part of your business you need people who are flexible that's all we're saying flexible to your schedule flexible to your time as you are to our time and so um, I would think that would be something that is a really important piece and something to look for initially you know are you available when I need you yeah that's a great point Terry on top of that, though, you and I'm sure you find this yourself, um, when a client, when you've built a relationship with a client and you have mutual respect and you value what they bring to the table, so clients that value Sandy Schechter, clients that value Raymond, I don't get upset when I get a text, even if it's late, um, because I, I know they value me, they value what I bring to the table, they'll 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 pay my bill without without any argument because they understand that's that mutual respect. So I've never been frustrated by that type of client that reaches out to me early in the morning at late. It's those clients that don't value what we're bringing um, that you do get frustrated. You know, every day you get the same text or call and they don't value your time or your space or any of those things. So again, it's building a great relationship with someone. And if I can give any advice to any practice out there or any business person, when you value the professionals you bring in, they will, the, the good ones will bend over backwards to work for you. They will bend over backwards to make your business successful because that makes them feel good too. And that's the kind of person you want in your, in your, in your court. Right. And it's reciprocal. I agree with you hundred percent. I've got clients that have been with me for 25, you know, years plus, and, um, they, some of them don't, I have a membership service and some of them don't even use it. And I say, you know, you can probably forego this for a year because you haven't used it. And you're like, no, no, no. I want to make sure I have you if I need you. And you're always there for me. I'm, I'm not letting it go. I'm like, okay. So I agree with you. I think that, uh, building those relationships, that trust, and it is a reciprocal effort. And, um, I, I just, appreciate all that insight today. Well, Sandy, thank you so much for being my guest today. I think this um, information and you being a subject matter expert in the world of, you know, corporate uh, finance and, and on the healthcare side is important. And I hope our, our um, listeners really got a lot out of it. So thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. So this topic could not come at a better time with the unrest we're seeing financially in healthcare and under indus other industries. So make sure that you do try to contact um, Sandy if you find that you need her services and you can contact directly and you can go to the nschbc.org website as well. Click on find a consultant tab, type in Sandy and in the first name field and she'll come right up. She's actually the only Sandy in our organization. So in closing, also a reminder that the nschbc.org website offers monthly free webinars on a variety of topics, as well as quarterly Medicare regulatory updates. I actually present those myself, and our next one is June 20th. And you can go to, again, the nschbc.org website and click on the tab Upcoming Education. Also, our annual conference is this week in Charlotte, North Carolina, and we hope to see many of you there. You can still register at the conference, which starts tomorrow at nschbc.org. That's it for us today, everyone. Make it a great day, a great rest of your month, and thank you for listening to the NSCHBC Edge podcast. Thank you for listening to the NSCHBC Edge podcast. Join us on the second Tuesday of each month as our consultants tackle the complexities of navigating the business of medicine. You can reach us on the web at nschbc.org, the National Society of Certified Healthcare Business Consultants.